This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Goldie's Closet 240 featuring Perry Richardson. Look, I've been uh, a complete supporter of Perry's band Firehouse over the years, and now Perry is in the band Striper. This is just a really great two-part podcast of his story, where he comes from, even how he met his wife. I love these heartwarming stories with some rags to riches included. It's it's a it's a great Goldie's Closet sandwich. Without further ado, we jump right into it, and the recording wasn't going because it was kind of off camera, so I just hit record before we officially started, so enjoy, everybody. Love you so much. Thanks for being here. Sporting all of your, your gear and, and supporting all of the projects. It's hard when you lose a, a friend like that. That's it hard. It is. terrible. Yep. And you, you've got two now. Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, two Frenchies that are... We have a rescue. We rescued one of the... One of the Frenchies, and he's a he's a nut. <laughs> he is and, crazy, but we love him too. It's it's never a dull moment with those two around. So, and especially your wife, I really enjoyed just the the, the slight correspondence that we have. Um, you have a really special girl. Like it, I mean, I can smell people a mile away, and like she has been so kind to me and patient and thorough and your cheerleader and into you. And it is so refreshing. And you're, you're so humble. And I was checking with a bunch of my friends today, like, well, I'm in wrestling. So I always ask like, do you have heat with Perry? Do you have heat? So I was talking with Pete Evick from Brett Michaels band. Oh, great guy. Just great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) tell me a little bit about Perry. So, um, but your wife is just like, I got to ask you, like, where did you meet a gem like that? Cause that is, that is some hard stuff to meet in rock and roll and like everything that you, where did you, I've never heard in an interview where you've met her. So where have you, what did you, yeah, meet? she, uh, we met in Nashville when I was, when I was living there, she was, uh, she was a music director for a radio station up in, in rock and Rockville, Maryland. Okay. And, but in uh, Nashville. Yeah. We there were, there was a big radio convention and I was still playing with Craig Morgan at the time. And, uh, we had gone to this uh, radio thing to do like, uh, I, I can't remember what we were doing with Craig, an acoustic show or something. And, and a buddy of mine that works for Lyric Street Records, he was from Myrtle Beach originally. He was a DJ here and we were good friends. And he'd call me up all the time on the air and we'd play and we'd have like this comedy thing going on, right? <laughs> so I've known him forever, but he's always been after me to meet, meet this girl that he, Oh. He was one of the guys that would go to the station and try to get the stuff played on the radio. I know, I know it. I know it well. I know it well. Yeah, he. Uh, I got this girl I want you to meet one day, and I was like, okay. And uh, when I went to the convention, he was at the bar, and I went to meet him at the bar, and she come walking up right after I got there, and he said, "This is the girl I finally get, you finally wanted to introduce you to," and I was like, <laughs> kind of. Uh, 
blown away right off the bat. <laughs> she was something, man. I, I really got lucky. I, she she works for Striper now with us, and she really does all the tour managing from home. She I met her. So she I, organized, I, got, does all of her travel, advances all the shows, and all that stuff. And she's the most organized person I've ever met in my life. But she... And she keeps me in line here and keeps me on time for interviews and stuff. <laughs> so it's, uh, we have a great time together, us and the dogs. So that, that says a lot. Like, did I meet her at Soundcheck the last time you guys were there? No, was she there? No. She, okay. She stays, she's, she never leaves here. She doesn't go out on the road with us at all. And she, you know, she's, her mom's here. I, when we built our house here, in, we're in the Myrtle Beach area, and I mm-hmm. uh, built our her mom and mother-in-law suite is right beside our house. So she's got her mom here, and you know, helps take care of her and the pups. So she then she's not really able to go anywhere. You have yeah. a, a huge. Please tell me I'm not feeding back on this interview for all the ones that yeah. are bad. Is it feeding back? Is it just feed fed back for me for a second? Let me turn down. Just oh. for you. Yeah, I didn't hear it. I think, okay, good. You have such a, before I jump to this, just a tremendous sense of family and just, I've had such a wonderful time. I know a lot of people just with our band and being on the circuit and who know you and I, I get to hear just pure great stories about you. You have an, an amazing family sense. But just before that, really quick, when you saw your wife, like, because this is a heavily driven male platform that you are on right now, sports entertainment. What was the greatest thing or the thing that you noticed first about your wife? Oh, that smile was uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's, she has this, you know, big, beautiful smile, big lips and uh, beautiful (laughs) eyes. I mean, not, and she was a little tiny thing. I mean, she's only, I think she's, Five one, something okay. like that, like ninety pounds. You know, so she's a tiny little thing, but uh, man, she's got a big heart. You know, that's I don't know. She she's probably saved my life. I mean, I was in a I was in a dark place when I met her, to tell you the truth. And uh, I had uh, she pulled me out of that, and I straightened my life up. And uh, wow, Perry. Straight and narrow ever since, you know. So, wow, that's huge. Because usually, yeah. can't a woman can't make a man change or vice versa? And I think maybe you wanted I to wanted change. To. It was that motivation to be a better man for her. You know? so. Dude, that's like deep. I wasn't expecting that. That's really yeah. cool to hear that. Yeah. You you have a a, a just listen. I. I I want to know, did your dad, what did your dad get to see before he went to go be with the Lord? Like what, what did he see? And your mom, I know, wanted you to go to college and finish up and you did. And did your dad push for that being a bass player? Was it only your mom? Was it both of them? And how did they feel seeing? It was, it was both of them. Okay. All right. uh, Have something to fall back on because what are the odds of you making it in music? You know, it's not very good. And, uh, I uh, I said, well, I'll you know I'll go to college and graduate from college before I go on the road. So I promised her I would do that, and I did that. And uh, I mean, it helped me out. I got a, a BA, a bachelor of science degree in business 
And uh, you did, didn't you? Which helps has helped you a lot. With yeah, the- I went to uh, Coastal Carolina. Here it was a local college. Here it was. Uh, yeah. Affiliated with the University of South Carolina. It was a, a satellite campus back then. It's they you know, they're their own thing now, but uh, that school's gotten huge. But I anyway, I did that. Graduated from there before we went on the road, but. The minute I graduated, we were ready to go and we hit the road and I, I hadn't been back since. It's like been on the road since 1981. What did that conversation sound like with CJ? Did you both know? I've been listening to so many powerful people's stories and it's like the one thing that they they always knew is that they knew. Like, did you did you know in your heart, like, I'm going to do something great? Was Was there any doubt or was that hair? Now you've got Shelly and her hair. You've got this power couple of freaking hair. Like, yeah. did you know when you did you talk to CJ? Like, I, I've been watching some uh, Wham documentaries and listening to George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Just like there was not one ounce of doubt that they were going to go do something great. How was it back then with the yeah. conversations that you had? Man, back then it was uh, it was hard to get. A record deal, especially mm-hmm. if you're a band on the East Coast. I mean, everybody at that time was in L.A., you know, and we didn't go to L.A. We, I mean, we went out there to record a demo, and that was in 80, probably the end of 88 or early 89. I can't remember, but that was the first time I'd ever been there. And uh, we uh, decided to stay here. We got a band house in Charlotte and in North Carolina and put, we just sat there and wrote songs and recorded every day. And uh, we were lucky enough to get a, when we were, we had our little demos in our little four track demos we were giving everybody. And, and a lot of people, you know, thought it was great. I mean, Bon Jovi tried to help us out and he, Oh, really? That's the best demo he'd ever heard. And, he got us actually our very first managers that uh, that we kept for a while was was through him and uh, but it never panned out with him but we ended up signing with Sony and Epic and it was uh, I can't say there was ever any doubt uh, because I felt it, it was such a gradual process for us it was like to the point where we had played cj and i were in a band before firehouse Max yeah we've done that for seven years and we were just basically trying to maybe haunt our writing talents a little better but just trying to survive on the road and get better as a band i mean it took so much sacrifice because we weren't getting any money at all you know we were playing seven nights a week four sets a night and we took one week a year off. And that's all we got off. It was four. Wait a second. Four sets a night. Like, were you doing only original? Or were you doing covers? Oh, we were doing half and half, half covers and half original. So it, wow, it was really tough, but it was a a great learning experience, and it you know it, it helped us get it to be a really tight band too. But it's gradual. You start with that and then you try to work your way up. You're taking one step, one run of the ladder at a time. And it doesn't, 
a lot of people are looking from out to end and think there was an overnight sensation thing, but man, we no, were judging no. and long. And it's like every little thing you get, it was such a battle to get that up that one rung, you know? And, and when it happened, we were astonished. We, because we, when we did our first demo, the one we did, I mean, the demo we did in LA, the first professional demo with Mark Slaughter and Dana Strom from Slaughter produced that for us. I didn't know that. What studio were you at? Yeah, we were at the Cherokee. Oh, stop it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wait, what year? That was 89. I mean, early 89. Okay. So just a side note, when I had my record deal with Prince and I was too fat and they sent me to a fat farm in LA. What? Because I, yeah, and I wasn't that fat, but um, anyways, I was told I had 30 days to lose 30 pounds and they sent me to this guru in West Hollywood and then right down the way, right down Melrose. That's where I recorded a lot of the album that I did was at Cherokee and there's so much Cherokee story there. That's just crazy. That's an epic. That's an, that was an epic. Now it's different. You know, they've changed it. There's a parking lot with a condo there. And I think Cherokee is still there in a new reincarnation, but that dude, that place was just like, there's so many stories about Cherokee. They had a rat there forever. I don't know what the name Sam, the rat, but they couldn't kill that rat. It was this horrible rat lurking around. Well, anyway, George Clinton was like the resident studio C guy in the back. And they said they found George coming down. They had some investment meeting in the kitchen there and they were trying to get some money from somebody. And down the hall comes George Clinton completely blitzed out of his mind on crack or whatever. And he was nude. They said George was nude. If you can imagine this site. And so anyway, (laughs) it got really, really bad, Perry. But they said the best thing that happened out of it was the next day they showed up in Studio C and Sam the rat was belly up dead. He had gotten into George Clinton's crack pipe. So I mean, they had called they had called exterminators for years. Couldn't get rid of this fat rat. George Clinton, he George wiped it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mark Slaughter is producing... Your record, I didn't know that. How yeah, Mark, yeah, that? Mark, yeah, Mark and Dana produced that demo. And anyway, we got when we got the demo done, we 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 gave it to a, a, a radio station in Charlotte where we had the band house, of course, and, and one in Myrtle Beach here where I lived, um, and said, "Could you play it on if you got a local show or whatever? Mm-hmm. You get a chance." Take a listen to it. Play the certain song. So, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I had, I had a couple of friends here at the station anyway. So, got them started. They started. They actually put it in rotation. What song? Uh, Homeless with a Heart is okay. Okay. Not the first album, and the uh, station in Charlotte. So I'm sorry, I can't remember which one it was. Okay. But, uh, um, they started playing it, and it went. It actually went to number one at both stations. And so at the time in, in Charlotte, you had all the, you know, all, all the regional rec- record guys lived in Charlotte. So you had guys that worked at Epic and Columbia and I mean, every label pretty much. They had their local guys stationed in Charlotte there. And they all started calling New York and LA like need to check out this band. So we had... 
I don't know, five or six guys from major labels flying to Charlotte to see us. So we didn't even have to go anywhere. So Dream. that's how that happened. Yeah. So we were, I, I can't say that I, I knew from the beginning that I was going to make it. I knew that I, I tell everybody the reason I did make it and everybody else that was so much better than me didn't is because I refused to quit. Oh, dude. I wanted that's to do it a- so bad. And I, I was like, I just know why I know this is what I want to do. And I think this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm like, you know, I was, that's all I'd known. I brought up, I mean, when I was eight years old, I was singing in a gospel quartet. So it was, it's in my blood. My dad just put it in me. It was instilled in me. So, you know, we were singing together all the time and, uh, it's just what I always wanted to do. And so I just didn't want to quit. <laughs> that's why I finally, finally made it after all those years. I finally got a deal. So, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I'm really glad it did. <laughs> you got to see a lot of this, didn't you? If this thing is feeding back. I'm going to go bananas. It, it never has, and it's doing it now. I sure hope this comes out clear. Can you hear me? You're out of my end. I can't hear anything. You can? Okay. Yeah. Thank God. Did, what did your dad get to see out of all of your success? He, yeah, he got to see a good, good, good bit of it. He didn't pass till mid nineties. So, uh, we, uh, he would, he, him and mom would come to the shows, but I'd like, you know, I'd have them in the VIP section over there. If we'd plan in a Coliseum, have them backstage or whatever. And every time I'd come on stage, then my dad would be in the pit, standing right in front of me watching me. And <laughs> the one thing that, I'm sorry that he missed, though, because from the very beginning, he was always on me. He's like, boy, you need to get into country music. You don't oh, know this right. rock and roll stuff. Oh, right? God. And, and like, Dad, that was that was all you. I, you know, I, I, I like country, but it wasn't like in my heart like rock was. And even gospel. I love Southern gospel to this day, even more than country. I just love that that harmony thing. You're and, such a singer, dude. Your voice is so amazing. Like, and the, I didn't know that you sang with your dad. Like what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. What He's a the gift. one that taught me everything. Woo. I never took a lesson from really else, but him, he taught me what he knew on bass. And I just took it and listened and learned it myself. And, but the singing part, he really helped me a lot because he had a great voice and he was a huge man. He had this booming voice and he's always like trying to get me, teaching me how to breathe more and sing out more and all this stuff. But he, he was, a, he was a great teacher for, for that. And, uh, that's really what got me into singing. I was been into vocals and singing way more than I ever was playing bass. You know I mean? Yeah. Everybody asked me who's my influence, influence on bass. I'm like, I, I don't really have one except my dad, I guess, because he taught me. But uh, I never really had one guy that I studied and tried to copy or anything. It's just kind of everything that I've always heard. And what I feel should be there is what I play. It isn't like I'm, and I don't sit around and practice a lot either. It's like, you're gone. Whatever I'm playing comes from 
the heart, I guess, or what I feel needs to be there. It's not a lot of a lot going on. It's just a broad, you know, basic groove player. You know. Did you you moved to Nashville, which that's where I'm at right now, and I moved from LA, from the Cherokee area, to Nashville. Did you did you want to get into country music, or was it just like you know what, this is the right time, right place? And it was Craig Morgan first, and then it was Trace Adkins, right, and then back to Craig right. Morgan. Right. Yeah. That. I'm, what I was going to say about my dad is the one thing I'm sorry. He didn't well, please. No, God, I want to honor him on this podcast. For me to actually play the Grand Ole Opry. Yes. Probably would have blown him away, you know. And I ended up playing there like, what, maybe 150 times. And, uh, yeah, it was in the – when Firehouse hit, it's weird. When I'm playing rock, I want to listen to something else. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. I'm listening to rock. I want to, I'm playing rock. I want to listen to something else. Does that make sense? Or whatever I'm doing, I want to listen to a different genre. Real? Okay. I get lost in this other world, right? Okay. And uh, so I, when Firehouse started, was a freaking great time for country, man. 90, early 90s, like country you had little texas and don rio and shenandoah and all these bands were hitting and they were phenomenal the vocals were amazing and it blew me away i was like oh my gosh i'm that's i could really get into that that's not what country was when i was growing up and uh so when when the firehouse thing come to a head and i was like i had enough I, I need to get out of this. And so I left and moved to Nashville. I was like, I'm just going to put the, put a band together. And it just ended up through weird circumstances. Started <laughs> with Craig. <laughs> it's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked country. The early 90s really made me love it. And then uh, I, it got, it got to the point where it got really old and kind of boring for me after Gosh, I was there for like 16 years, I guess, playing. And it became, you're kind of a hired gun in yep. Nashville, you know? You're not I really do. a part of the band if you're playing for, say, Trace Atkins. His band's not going to be doing meet and greets, and they're not going to be getting in photos or videos. It's like you're just play this gig, go home, all right? And I didn't like that. I wanted to feel like I was a part of something. Like that's so yeah. hurtful. I think, and I'm not dissing, and and I can't. I think there's probably been 30 people on this podcast over the last four years of this particular uh, incarnation that have been in <laughs> Trace's band. So, I mean, I know I know a lot of stories, and I'm not here to like bash anybody, but I do know what that means and if you could see you can see this at all like, uh, yeah well that's all our band and it's always even if people quit perry even if people get fired it's so important to me that's what something that prince taught me like he was so all about everybody in the room and if you are invited to write then it's this split whether you contribute or not if you're good enough you're going to be asked to be in the room and if you contribute one line or 50 or one lick or a hundred, you're considered equal. Like That's he was awesome. just so big on, and, and if you listen to his live 
performances. He's calling out the guitar player. He's calling out the keyboard player. He's got names for him. He made them into personas. And yeah. and I, I I loved that about him and it and it carried through in my heart. And when I come here I get criticized because people say it should just be all about you. You should just have and I'm like, but there's three other people or four other people on stage. And it's like yeah. they need to have you need to have real estate in this project. And I get it. Nashville is just so solo, 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 but I can't, I'm rock band mentality. I'm group mentality and a band. If you think about what a band is, Perry, it's a circle. It's like a wedding band or something that signifies unity. And I just, I have to each his own, but I have a really hard time with the hired gun mentality. And I, and even if it's people like subbing for the night or whatever, include them. I just, in my heart, in my heart, it's, you have to, and include people it just makes for like they say happy wife happy life it's no different i feel like i'm married to people in my group like 10 years i've been touring with one of these guys and i would i would never not include him in anything that i possibly can like it's just it's interesting that you say that like you're this guy this huge star you're like this rock icon and you're saying i got tired of it because it just didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. So I'm glad that you say that because that's important and people know that. Yeah. I mean, I've always had a mentality. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it. I, um, I mean, that's why I left firehouse. It wasn't fun anymore. And, uh, so when I got to the point where the country wasn't being fun, I was like, I had made up my mind to quit and move back to Myrtle Beach. I was, you know, still living. And do what? Start another band? Was I going to start another band? When you said, I've had enough of Firehouse, I go to Nashville, I do country, I've been there forever, I've had enough, I'm I'm thinking and I'm going to quit, I'm going to go back to Myrtle Beach. What were you going to do there? Were you going to still do music? Hey everybody, I sliced this into two, so join us next week for part two of Perry Richardson. What's up, everyone? It's Goldie Impact Wrestling, TLC's Cheapskates, Ted Nugent's Running Wild from him somewhere in the woods, and maybe you've seen our band, Goldilocks Band. We're out there. We're on tour, but now we're connecting on Cameo. So I want to tell you that I'm here to be your humble servant, and that's whatever you need said for you, for a friend, a shout-out, a golden shout-out, you name it, here and on it. Now, just reminding you, keep it classy, keep it cool, and keep it above the belt. But I want to offer you something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Just remember, if I'm not on the road and I've got access to these next beauties, we can always have... We want to make this the most amazing experience for you ever because you deserve it, your friends deserve it, your loved ones deserve it. And just remember... I can sing you a few lines of a song. It can be from from anywhere, like uh, it can be from somewhere over the rainbow, or it could be near, far, wherever you are. It could even be. Oh, and keep in mind, not all requests are the same. Maybe your motivation comes with a harder edge. 
Maybe you need a more jagged little pill. There's nothing that I love more than playing the heel. So if you need your message delivered with more, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intention? Please specify. Can't wait to connect with you on Cameo. Thanks so much for being here. Stay golden.